Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 141. Well, hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you for coming back for another episode. Hope that you are having a great hunting season. And we are right smack dab in the middle of the Ohio rut. And uh, this is kind of a special episode. Normally I do these on Zoom, but I have two buddies in my basement right now. We just finished shooting some bows. Sitting to my right is, you know him, he's he's the legend, the recurve man, uh, good with the ladies. Well, at least his wife. Anyway, all right, yeah, the yeah. Travis Shire. Hi, Travis. Hey, you? guys. Hello. How you doing? Good. They're just 70 degrees today. Yeah, it's a little hot. Yeah. Deercast says poor, but I don't I, I don't know. I'm just going to do it. Bobby, Bobby Deercast said great the other day. It was. Bobby did great. Sitting to my left, uh, the man, the myth, the Ohio legend. Um, coming from North Carolina, driving all the way up here to hunt four days is Inner Fire Outdoors's Bobby Andrews. Bobby, how are you, man? Doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. What's 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 been going on? Anything exciting? Um, not a whole lot. Got a new dog. Came up here to hunt, and apparently Ohio loves me. Yes, Ohio loves Bobby Andrews, and that is the story that we are going to unpack a little bit for you guys today. Um, so we are getting ready here in about, well, as soon as we're done with this, we're going to all three of us head out to a spot and see if we can't get Travis Shire a doe maybe, or me a buck. We'll just kind of see how it all plays out and what comes in. And uh, it is kind of toasty, but this is more so about, uh, Bobby Andrews. So Bobby and I, we uh, did a podcast that was episode 13. 13, uh, way back when, like two years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, good, good long while. Since then, Bob and I, we've stayed in uh, contact, and uh, I think last year we, we invited you up. You got to know me and Trav and then Eric through kind of doing, uh, we were working out for Colorado. That was two years ago, working out for Colorado, text thread, and all of that sort of thing. And uh, we wanted you to come up, so extended the invite. What were what was your thoughts whenever we, we sent the invite your way? Was it like you weren't sure if we were serious or you just want, didn't want to come? What was what was on your head? Well, the first time you invited me, I was I thought that it was sweet, but I was like, you know, it, it's just a nice novelty gesture. And then this year when you invited me and, and it seemed like you were serious, I just couldn't turn it down. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby shot the last two deer in Ohio. Yeah, there's no there's more no left. More, no more deer yeah, left in those Ohio. Those people in North Carolina stay in North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are no big deer in Ohio. You so. don't want to drag these deer anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So Bobby came up on. Let's see, what day was it? The sixth, Friday, fifth, Friday yeah. the fifth, and got in. And so I guess we'll just kind of start. At the beginning, there's some of this I don't think Shire's actually heard about, and uh, we'll just kind of unpack the story because it's a fun one. So on the 5th, uh, we come in, you get in here about, I don't know, 3.30, right? 3.30, 4 o'clock. Yeah, and um, we literally, for us, was it was kind of a crazy transition because our uh, we've been doing the foster care thing, and that ended actually on Friday, a half hour before Bobby got here. Uh, grandma uh, came and picked up the oldest foster kid and it was kind of a weird feeling for us so it was kind of like ah, okay now I have a chance to breathe a little bit and I've got four days to hunt so in comes Bobby and uh, we just had to go hunting so tell us about the first night what what went down so the first night we go to an impromptu place um, 
not far away, short drive, and sit right on the edge of a wood line um, and try doing a little bit of calling and have a doe that we didn't even know was there. She saw Bobby moving, I think is what was going on, uh, and just boogered out of there. I'll um, take the blame. Okay, it wasn't Bobby. I got a little aggressive with my calling. I didn't look around, and she was literally like 30 yards away in the brush. She was coming towards us. Coming toward us. Bobby's willing to shoot a doe or a buck, obviously, but he was wanting the meat, and I called. And, uh, yeah, the doe did that that great, lovely noise. (laughs) And she did it about 100 times. Wow, that's... uh... That's pretty intense. Yeah. But, hey, we were on deer on the, yeah. the first night. That's awesome. Yeah, first night. And I think that was about it, wasn't it? Well, we came back to the house. Yeah. And we, we decided to give up on that spot. And we came back to the house because I thought, listen, there, there isn't anything else coming. It's little spots, very small. It's where I shot my buck there in 2018 and uh, 2019, that is, and, uh, over at Gary's. And so decided, let's cut, just go to the house. We only had a few minutes of light, so we popped into the woods right behind the shed out here. And we had a two kind of cruise by at last light. Um, actually, I think I heard a buck grunt, actually. Yeah, definitely. First time I've ever heard a buck grunt here. Yeah, we definitely heard a buck grunt. And you have a massive scrape in your front yard underneath your pine tree. I think I've been underestimating this property a little bit. I remember whenever I first moved here, Trav, you came and found a like a, a, the spot where they were walking and there were scrapes and stuff like that. So actually, we were just shooting our bows in the backyard and I stepped in deer manure several times. I've, it's kind of like like in a cattle feedlot, you know, yeah. like watch, watch out for the manure. <laughs> there, well, a couple times this week, we've came home, Bobby's been trying to get a doe in the first couple of days, and there'd be deer, like we had like four or five deer bedded in my front yard. Right in the driveway. Before church on Sunday, there were two bedded right in the backyard, so, but... Uh, yeah, we got the green light to hunt those deer, but why, why not? Why have you shot any of the deer in my yard, Bobby? <laughs> it's just not sportsmanlike to me. Mm. If if we were out there waiting on them and they came up, I would feel more comfortable about it. Yeah. But just walking by a window, seeing them, and, and they're laying down completely passive and at ease, it's just, I couldn't do it. It's We, we talked about that. that. I feel the same way. That makes sense. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. had I've had that same experience at my at my house in in North Carolina, where they'll be in the wood line right outside my house, and I had a rifle right there, and I could have, but it just it didn't feel right. Mm. So, so we go to bed that night, and we set the alarm to get up kind of early um, because we are going to go on the top of the hill that I call the Amish property. And Trav, you've been up there many times, and it's it's quite the trek. So. What's your thoughts, Bobby, kind of going in on that first hunt? Nervous, excitement? Both. Yeah, yeah very uh, kind of apprehensive, not knowing where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, climbing elevation that we just don't have back home at the coastline. Um, can't see anything and have no idea how far it is. That's, that's a long walk up a steep hill. Yeah. Can I say something? One thing to set this whole hunt up, we've had a very warm uh october and as bobby rolls into town there's like an epic cold front that rolls in so we have our first hard frost of the year i think the first day that bobby's hunting yeah and there's hard frost like four days in a row so if you could write up epic weather uh for deer hunting that's exactly what well what it was and so. to even back up a, even before bobby got here that morning of friday i went out that morning i took off the whole day um 
And I went out that morning to that new property that I acquired and I saw 16 deer. Um, three of them, four of them was bucks, had a spike come right up to me and a couple skirt by me pretty quick that were decent. Just, you know, if they would have came in, I might have taken the shot on one of them and got some great footage. So I was like, man, this is, this. you picked a great time to come in and have that vacation time set. So I planned it just <laughs> like that. So we uh, start climbing this hill, and both of us, I think, had on. It was cold, like twenty five, twenty six yeah, degrees, mid mid to low twenties. Uh, we get up on the top of Amish. We had to check the scrape and uh, put some stuff in it, and we're getting up in the tree. And this is the thing: I've I've hung in a tree with a saddle with somebody in a hang on, but I've never done a saddle and saddle before. Never done that before. So you and I are trying to figure out like There's how a to learning be, curve. Yeah. Yeah. What was the challenges? Um, we have a slight differences in our climbing style and in our hanging style and, and just procedure. And so once you're in the tree and having to get my uh, lineman's belt around your platform, your ring of steps, that was that was a challenge. And then making sure that we're in the right spot so that we have strong side shots. Yeah, yeah. I found that, I was like, you said at one point, like, why didn't we practice this last night instead of, like, we should, have. we should have gotten in a tree together and kind of planned it, because we had never done that before, but it's just starting to get a little bit light, and we, well, actually, it was still dark, and we had something cruising right below us, and take off, and just went out, out the flat, and then sun comes up, and what do we see? For the first time in my hunting experience, I got to see a buck just dogging a hot doe. Yeah. And that was so exciting. That that made the trip so far that that time. Yeah. I mean, sun just barely cracks and all of a sudden, I mean, we're not even really full, fully set up in the tree. And he chased, unfortunately, chases are just straight away from us down over the hill and up toward where I, th I think the bedding area is. And we're like, well, they're, they're okay. They're That's a good start. That's a good start, you know. And we... Running cell cams this year, too, there's there's several bucks that I consider shooters up there, good deer, a lot of does showing up in the last couple of days on this cold front up on the, the, the tactic cams, so that's been cool. So we sit there for an hour or so, and I think it was maybe about an hour later, they came running, I, maybe been the same, I think, came running I, back through. I think they were the same. They were a little further away and uh, right along the ridge line through the woods, so we could really only see the outlines of them. But they I, were. I like that on a cold morning like that. When you see the chasing, um, for a minute the cold toes go away and the blood. <laughs> is, it's like you can go from shivering to like hot and ready. Yeah. Um, just by seeing that action, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So that's all we saw that morning, I think. Right? No, there wasn't. Yeah, that was it for that day. So just those two in the morning. So we, we got down at lunch. We weren't going to do an all day sit. I like getting down and grabbing a little bit of lunch. And I know there's guys that like to hunt and shoot bucks at, at lunch, but I like to eat. So, um, <laughs> so we came home and grabbed a bite and then where'd we go? I sat at the, in the valley yeah. at the creek that night. Okay. So tell us about that. So after we had lunch, we went back and um, we decided to split up and see if we could cover more ground. I'm not sure where you went. I went back to the top of Amish. Oh, did you? Yeah. That's um, why my legs are so sore right now. So I sat down at the bottom that had a little bit of corn out. And um, it was right at the in the deepest part of the valley between the two steep hills. And uh, you had a cell cam up there. Mm -hmm. And we had seen evidence on the camera that there were deer down there. 
and I saw a uh, what do you call it a half rack. Yeah, yeah. He had two points on one side and no antler on the other side, and that was the first deer that I've ever passed in the woods. I'm still really new to hunting, <laughs> so in in my short term career, it's it's been if it's brown, it's down, yeah. and so. Um, you and I had discussed. Well, that, that's still my. That's still how I. Work. <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing this since I was eleven, and uh, that's, <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, Minus that one hundred and sixty three inch buck last yeah, year. Yeah, well, yeah. he was brown. I mean, he's I, brown. He was brown. Big yeah. brown. Big brown. <laughs> so Travis and I had just discussed earlier the difference in North Carolina. We get two bucks, and so he had brought up the point that you know that may change your perspective and make you a little more picky when you get to see a buck. Um, if I were in North Carolina, I would have shot him. Mm -hmm. But knowing that this is my only time to come hunt in Ohio and it's my first time here, I didn't want to burn the tag on mm -hmm. just that little half rack buck knowing the possibilities. That was, that was smart. That was yeah. smart. Yeah, first deer I've ever passed in the woods. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then that's how I saw that night. Yeah, I went to the top of Amish, and uh, my thermals dropped over the hill. I saw three does cruise down this ridge line, and then I had uh, a was, did I have a buck that night? I can't even remember. I think there was a buck that kind of cruised by there. Yeah, yeah, I had a smaller buck. I was playing on past. Well, that was my bow shot. Okay, guys, I'm gonna tell. Oh, oh, no. oh I hate to tell this part. Okay, so I get a text like at five p.m. Jobs like shots fired. <laughs> But then you can tell the rest of it. Oh, I don't want to. All right, guys. So I get up to the top of the Amish property, and I like to film my hunts. And I like to have more than just one angle. Well, I realize that my GoPro that's going to be on my tether that I put on there, I must have bumped it. They're super sensitive. You, you breathe on them, and they start recording your battery dies. Well, it's dead. I check the, bat, the GoPro on my uh, uh, that I keep mounted on the, the stabilizer. And it's dead too. So all I have is my main camera. So I'm like, well, I can use my cell phone. I bought a case that has like a little hook on it. And I keep a strap that I put around the tree that has hooks. So I put the cell phone facing me on that, that thing. So I was like, I got a rear angle here. But then I got to thinking, I was like, well, I was like, maybe I ought to draw back. And, you know, I don't like to do this. Like we like to have all of our footage be in the moment and not like extra shots. But sometimes it's pretty boring just to have one one viewpoint right yeah but but it is smart though to draw back when you get in your yeah tree. it so, is so you know that your muscles are ready and all that and stuff. there were some limbs and stuff around so i want to make sure everything was good so i was like i'm just going to video me drawing back and also i'll kind of check the area for clearance and all that because i hadn't done that it was about i don't know 45 minutes into the hunt whenever i thought of all this and so i draw back i'd seen those three does already they'd gone by they had been long gone so i hadn't seen a deer in maybe a half hour to 45 minutes i draw back my bow and i'm just kind of aiming it around recording of course getting the footage and all that and i go to let down now my bow has a lot of let off it is it's kind of it's a little tough for me to let it down easy in fact um the doe i shot in my front yard whenever i let down the first time because she ran away my arrow popped off of my my string and i had to put it back on real quick as she came in so i'm go to let down and i must have been the only thing i can figure is i was torquing the the d loop a little bit with my release and I bumped that release just barely, and phoom, uh, arrow launches. And you bumped it forward, too. I bumped it forward, which I don't know how that happened. I got Obviously, I got it on film. Um, and my arrow lighted knock phoom, right into the dirt like 20 yards away. One, I was glad nobody was around. Um, 
but then I realized I'm glad you weren't in your house. I'm glad I wasn't in my house, uh, which is why I don't draw back in my house. Yeah. But um, but there was something around. All of a sudden, like you can see it on the video, I shoot arrows, and then I look to my right, and there's a deer. And not only is it a deer, I see it has horns. And that sinking feeling comes over. I'm like, oh no, please don't be the biggest buck I've been waiting on. It was he was 50 yards away. Like I had a, a one big sapling in front of me that was kind of covering an area, and he must have been underneath that. Smaller buck. Anyhow, I got footage of him, but I was so today I got out the bow and was making sure everything was good. So that was my hunt. <laughs> and then those does got in, downwind of me. Uh, thermals dropped and they blew their their heads off for the last uh, twenty minutes. So that was that was the way it went for me. So we get to Sunday. So talk about Sunday, Bobby. Well, Sunday morning we took the morning off. Mm-hmm. And went to church, got to meet a, a lot of the members of your church, which was a fantastic time. And then come back to the house, grab lunch, um, or grab lunch before coming back to the house. Yeah. And got extremely full on fantastic cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah. We went over to Logan's and had some giant burger. I didn't know if we'd be able to move. Yeah, it was it was hard. I overate. And we decided to try another property where you've got a, a friend that allows us to hunt. Um, and I went to a standing cornfield right on the edge of it, and you went to a, a bean field. Yeah. So this this property, uh, it's the last year I shot a doe there on the bean field side, and I usually stay on the beans. But I have another buddy; he's been on the podcast before, and he always hunted the corn side. So we just kind of we became friends, and we started kind of swapping sides and swapping cameras. And I helped him track a deer this year. And so um, he was hunting um, somewhere else. So I thought, you know, I think we could go over there and split up, divide and conquer. I'll cover the bean side. Now, what you need to know is before we got there, in fact, on Saturday at noon, some people had been hunting there since Thursday. Three guys had been hunting the property. They, they're friends of the landowner. And so from my vantage point going in, you wanted to shoot a doe. And the other property, I was sick of climbing Amish at that point, And I was like... And we, the, uh, the corn pile down in the bottom wasn't right either. So I was like, let's go to a place where the wind is going to be good. And I knew on a west wind you could hunt that standing corn corner. And I had seen two does there and a, a spike um, whenever I hunted it two or three weeks ago. And then um, I thought, and then the wind was also pretty good over on the bean field side. So I was like, I'm going to take a decoy. So I'll tell my side real quick. I got over, put out a decoy, and didn't see anything until last light two does came in. I've already filled my doe tag. So that was pretty much my hunt, minus some texts and then a phone call that I got. So, Bobby, let's get into what happens on Sunday night. This is your officially Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Yes, yeah, so I'm not even saying night. Let's say Sunday afternoon. I dropped you off at about 2.45 maybe, right? Give or take. Yeah, yeah, about 2.45. All right, let's, you take it from there. So... You dropped me off with general instructions on how to get to this this field that's, I don't know, a third of a mile maybe mm-hmm. up up the hill. Yeah. Um, and, and you're like, well, there's, there's a small trail. If you take this trail, it'll take you right to where you need to go. And so I climb up there. I end up in the same tree that you had climbed previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found your, your limbs where you had cut them off when you set up. Um, the little knobs were sticking out. So I sat up kind of awkward in the tree, wasn't very pleased about my setup, um, was a little bit apprehensive about it because the tree had a little bit of a lean to it, so it was not perfect. I remember. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, at about 3.10, I look over my shoulder and I hear this, um, this noise. And I look over and I see a doe come right out of the corn. She's about my 7 o'clock, maybe 60 yards away. And then behind her comes just this monster of a buck who's just tailing her as hard as he can. And they come up and they st- she stops. I think she sensed me because the wind was blowing directly to where she stopped at. She, she never blew or anything. But she stopped perfectly um, to my right, which is, would, is a weak side shot for me. And then the, uh, the buck stopped about 15 yards behind her. So you were kind of planning on them. So there's definitely a, like a decent amount of space between you and the corn, right? So about yeah. 20 yards. So you were planning on them kind of coming around the corn was, in front. I was planning on them coming out, yeah, just following the corn line. But instead they came out behind me through the corn. I think he had just pushed her that way. Yeah. And uh, he stopped at just the right spot. I didn't get a chance to range. I didn't get a chance to get it on. I didn't think I had it on camera. My GoPro called it. Mm-hmm. And... um. It's great footage. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. Um, And I was able to take the shot, but I wasn't 100% confident of the shot. Mm -hmm. And there is zero um, service, cell phone service there, except for if I stood up a little farther on my platform (laughs) and I sent you a text message that says shot fired. I was still setting up in the tree, so I didn't even get that text until after you called me. Right, and then I I called and, and... Gave you the rundown of what happened, but I was not confident in that shot at all. Yeah. Um, so I end up... Where did you think you hit? I thought I hit liver and guts. Maybe the maybe just getting the left lung. Yeah. Um, he was kind of steep from where I was at, and I was shooting more down than what I would have liked, but I felt like the doe was getting ready to catch my scent and blow. Yeah. Um, so I kind of rushed it. And I realized hours later, as I was sitting there agonizing over <laughs> sitting in the tree, um, I never looked at the level on my at the bubble on my level on my bow sight. Yeah. Um, so it shot. I had aimed a little more front, but I ended up hitting a little further to the right because my bow was canted just a hair to the right. Yeah. Um, That's easy to do in the heat of the moment. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And you watch this footage. I mean, the footage. I mean, whenever you told me about it, you said, though, that you thought you heard him crash. You can actually hear him crash in the go I absolutely heard him crash. Yeah. Yeah. But y'all have chipmunks here. (laughs) (laughs) We have monster chipmunks here. (laughs) And they make so every time. So let me back up. After I called you, you suggested, and I agreed, that I'm just going to sit in the stand until dark uh, just to be sure. Because I know I heard him crash, but I wasn't sure about it. So I ended up sitting there for three more hours and listening to the chipmunks. Every time they would pop up in that area, I'm looking, trying to see if it was my buck getting up moving. So I'm sitting there with my binoculars. I'm sitting there chewing on my fingers. He had fallen just over a hill and rolled on top of the lighted knock to where I couldn't see it from my stand. Yeah. So Bobby calls me, and that was kind of the game plan. I was like, let's just – I mean, I wanted – I thought, you know, if you've heard him, I, you want so badly to go recover it, and I wanted you to, but I also kind of wanted to be there, and I thought, you know what? I really think if you have any doubt – Travis, you've taught me this. you got to wait. you got to wait. Like, if, you, if, you, if you bump a deer, 
Oh my! The chances of finding it just go way down. Yeah, and this deer was on the border of the property line, so I didn't yeah. want it to go any further uh, in a direction, you know, and get off the property. So, so we waited, and I came over, and I climbed the hill, and kind of went in light, and brought lights and all that, and we got up to the tree. And what you did something that I thought was ingenious. I've never seen anybody do this before. So, how did you mark where you thought you shot and that sort of thing? So right before. Well, right after the shot, I used my phone to take pictures of where I had shot and where I had seen him run by, by just pointing and, and taking a picture of my finger pointing. And then right before it got too dark to see, I um, illuminated the knocks on my other two arrows and threw them down nice. where I had made the shot at and then in the direction from my tree that he had ran. That's smart. That's I knew smart. where I'm, the tree was at, and but I know once you climb down, it looks totally end, different. It's completely different. I've never, I never thought of that. But that's a great idea. It was because I'm walking up through the woods trying to find Bobby, and I look over and I like it looks like a green like lantern. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on over there? And I look, and he's got these spots marked. Yeah, I've shot deer and I've got down, and it looks like I'm in a foreign land when I get on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> and so, this is all new land to me. Yeah. So I had no idea what it was going to look like when I climbed down. Mm -hmm. So we get down and, um, you know, we get your, figure out your, kind of your waypoint. We start looking for blood. You and I start scanning and it, yeah, I mean, we, I don't think we ever found a drop of blood because you didn't quite get a full pass. It looked like your, the tip was sticking out the other side, but about, not a full pass. About half of the head. Yeah. So we start walking and kind of looking and I, I was anticipating having to go like 80 yards 90 yards and then we'd find blood a little bit and we'd have to do a little bit i mean if you heard him crash but i didn't realize how close the crash was that you heard so we kind of go past this little bit of uh it was a little thicker like, like i can understand why you wouldn't been able to see because we get past it and the thought occurs to me because you had mentioned hey i didn't get a pass through so my knocks should still be in him and lit up right so we're walking, and I realize we've got so many bright lights. I got a headlamp on, big flashlight. You got a headlamp on, flashlight. And I'm like, I say, Bobby, just turn off your light. Let's turn it off for a second. So I turn off the light, and I look to my right, and out past you to the like directly 90 degrees to your right, I just see a faint green glow, like real faint. I'm like, Bobby, I think. So we click lights back on. I turn the light on. And I think I saw the shedding light outdoors. Shedding light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an inner fire glowing over there. Yeah. Inner fire. Yeah. <laughs> so take it from there. What do you? So you you point out to me where it's at, and I still didn't see the deer. I'm like, Trav, where? I don't. And then you you point like physically, and I looked over and I followed your arm, and I was like, I could see the deer's butt, hmm. and that's it. And so I looked over and he's got his camera up. And he's like, Bobby, that's your deer. How do you feel? I'm like, I don't know yet. So I walked over there and it is, it's a monster. Yeah. It's the biggest deer that I've, it's, it's bigger than, than my shotgun deer. That was my first. He's a heavy mass 10 point with kickers. 11, 11 point. 11 point. 11 yeah. point. Right. The mainframe 10 with nice kicker. Yeah, well, yeah. 11, 11 scorable. You can hang yeah. a ring on the 12. Oh, okay. yeah. so, right. Matching kickers. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah uh, we scored him later that night. It took us forever to get him out. Yeah. It, you ended up, I think you guys said that it took out the top of both lungs, right? It was, so it was a yeah. double lung shot. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just caught the back end of the right lung. Yeah. Um, and... He, I think he had just, I think he had died pretty quickly. Oh, we, listening to the GoPro, so um, the GoPro is, is a little faint, but you could hear him running off, and you could hear you looking, 
and all of a sudden you could hear it and definitely a big crash. racket big yeah. crack and so he yeah. went maybe 60 70 yards i think max maybe, yeah. it was just hard to see where probably dead within 10 or 15 seconds yeah, because whenever you got a hold of it, not only that, but the other thing was the way he died, his back end was kind of kicked up yeah. a little bit, and he was stiff. Um, stiff as a board when you grabbed him. I mean, we could, was. it was hard to get his head turned around for pictures and stuff. Yeah, it, he was hard to drag like that, too. The first thing you said to me, as when we are walking over to the deer, you said, please don't be mad if I shot your deer. I did. <laughs> I did. That, that's, on, that's on camera. I can't deny it. And I, and I said... I don't own any any of these deer, and I have a trail cam picture of what appears to be maybe an eleven point or twelve point. We got to look, and I don't, I actually don't think it's the same deer. I don't. Either. It does not appear to be the same deer. So there's. It doesn't have that one long kicker characteristic. Yeah. It's this is a very good property. It doesn't get hunted a ton. There's those guys that come in and hunt three or four days. They killed a spike, and that was it in three days. So so I said the this is the legend of Bobby Andrews. So <laughs> I, I was like, all right, so three guys hunt the property for three days and kill a spike. Bobby hunts it for 15 minutes and kills a giant. 142 and, and five eights. And five eights. And yeah. I said, so the, the legend of Bobby Andrews is born. <laughs> <laughs> and then the celebration begins. I mean, it was just awesome, man. I was so jacked because, I mean, it feels good for me because I, to be honest, I was trying to put you in a spot where I really thought you'd have a chance of shooting a doe. With those guys having been there literally the morning beforehand, not, not the morning, the day beforehand, and leaving at noon, I was like, I just don't know. I don't know if they made it back to that back corner. I didn't guess that they had. That spot was purely based off of wind direction. I knew you would have the wind in your face. You'd get up into that corner, and the wind would be blowing out and down into a valley where I didn't think the deer would really come from. Because whenever I hunted, they all came up from in front of me. They, they actually came, and yours came down the left-hand side. All the deer I saw came straight on. Which would make sense for the wind. Yeah. So I, I really thought, you know, I was like, this is a spot where Bobby could probably, I mean, yeah, there could be a buck. I mean, I knew that there was big deer on ca camera. Um, I had pulled my trail camera, and the, our other buddy over there that hunts, uh, he hadn't had anything significant on in a while. So we really, I just didn't expect, I did not expect whenever you told me that you're like, I was like, how big is he? He's like, oh, I think he's pretty big. So there's probably a dude that lives two miles down the road, and he's wondering where the 10 point with the big <laughs> kicker is. He's like, man, this buck's not showing up, man. <laughs> and of course he had to go nocturnal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so took pictures that night we got him up and uh, got him skinned out and i mean I, i'm just jacked for you dude that is an incredible buck and just it's my largest to date yeah yeah and um, it's a trophy of of a lifetime it's an experience of a lifetime yeah but we're not done yet. <laughs> the legend of Bobby Andrews continues. So <laughs> the next morning, uh, we get this deer cut up and everything else. And um, this deer has a lot of, must, ticks. Have, had, must have had ticks. Bobby's got, found another tick on him. That's uh, the third one today. Wow. wow. Buck has a, anyway. So we get into, this would be Monday morning. Uh, Monday morning, we uh, <laughs> climb to the top of Amish property again. Uh, I had left my... Mount Amish. <laughs> What's that? Mount Amish. Mount, Mount Amish. Amish. I like that. Mount yeah. Amish. <laughs> so we... Uh, I'd left my sticks from the, the hunt before. I've kind of started... I told Trav this. I, I feel like that property I'm starting to learn really is you better have your thermals right. Otherwise, it's just a better morning property. Um, I've seen way more bucks in the morning, had way more encounters. Um, 
So we went up there that that day. Just I had the sticks already hung and thought this could be good. And so and we're looking for you a buck. Looking for a buck for me, but you have bought a doe tag, so you're you're yep. willing to shoot a doe. So uh, we had decent action, the kind of trickle action throughout the day. We had uh, we had a decent one come in right at first light. Yeah, that was it stayed out of range and grunted at him. He never broke stride. Yeah. yeah. He looked twice. I think I snorweezed at him, actually. You did, and he responded, but yeah. he never came back. Yeah. He just kept going. Borderline, I don't know if he was a shooter or not. You know, this year I'm trying to – I guess I've been holding out a little bit, but I, I haven't had the opportunities to draw back on, on anything other than does, you know, so I, I don't know. But anyway, I, I – I, yeah, I thought he was a good buck, and then we had uh, two more come in, I think. We had the little small – I think it was a four-point came through, mm-hmm. and then right behind him – Maybe, maybe a hundred yards behind him, he following the same path mm-hmm. was the bigger one. Um, I guess he was eight or ten point. Yeah, and we watched him come halfway, <laughs> yeah. and then we lost him. And we yeah. thought that he had turned ninety degrees behind some bushes and walked off. And come to find out, he had just laid down. Oh wow! Yeah, he got up. So I was like, that deer either. I thought I was like, maybe he laid down there, but I can't see him. I thought about getting my binos and looking, but I didn't want to move because it was only maybe 50 yards away. So trying to film him, and uh, next thing you know, he pops up, and he did that little shake that they do whenever they get out of their beds, and then he continued on down the way. And he, needed, he needed a rest because of walking rest. up Amish where you out. Not Amish where you out. It will. My legs are need, super sore. I, I know it's just a hill for y'all, but for me it's a mountain. <laughs> well, it's a mountain for me since I haven't done any cardio this year. So oh. the years that I elk hunt, I, it's nothing. But, yeah, it's it's tough. So anyway, that's all we see, I think, that morning, right? Um, and squirrels. Man, a million squirrels. I've seen so many. Um, and they all sound like deer. Mm. The chipmunks actually more, I think. Yeah, because they hop. They hop and make that crash noise. Yeah. yeah. So we get back to um, the game plan for the evening. Uh, we come back and we kind of regroup inside. Based off the wind and what we want to do. And we're juggling three different ideas. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. I, I, I had a hard time on just trying to decide what we we're going to do. And it was Trav Shire that it's like, you know, you, you saw a doe there or deer there this morning. Go back. Yeah. But it's a better, well, you kind of, last night almost confirmed that it's a better morning spot. Yeah. But, I mean, we're seeing action. So yeah. it's like, so I had basically a southwest wind. So I thought I could go to the top of Amish and get on the farthest point. And at that farthest point, there's another really, really steep valley. And not a ton of sign on that side. So I thought if I get on that point, I can still see the flat where those bucks were cruising. I'd be about 50 more yards further than what you and I were. And it's the same spot where I shot my muzzleloader buck. I had the same wind. So I thought that could work. So that's where I went and I saw one deer. Um, I think it was a doe out in front of me. I felt like I was in a great spot. But once again, I, I, so I left my sticks in that tree for a morning hunt down the road. Um, What time do you think you finally got set up? I don't know. It was probably three. What time we got? We got there at. You dropped me off at two thirty. I probably wasn't set up till three fifteen. So. Okay. So over to Bobby. Uh, he shot this buck, by the way, at three thirteen. Three thirteen. Yeah. Okay. So let's. So we we decided that we're going to split up again and, and talk a little bit about that. And we had on the way out of there on my first trip up the mountain. Uh, we had found on the way down where you were showing me where that little valley was I hunted that afternoon, we had found like a little highway that the deer had been traveling 
Um, so with the southwest southwest wind that we had yesterday afternoon, I was going to climb the mountain just a little bit and get uh, just on the other side of that little highway, thinking that the thermals and the wind are going to push over the top and maybe the deer will come down that highway and I'll be able to get one of them. But when I got down, I got out of the car at 2.30. I put all my gear back in my pack because I had pulled it all out for us to both sit in a tree. And I get the, I get down into that valley and I'm throwing milkweed up the whole time and just watching where it's going. And something's telling me not to go up there, but instead to go nearer to where your camera's at at the corn yeah. um, just to try there. But I, I did jump the creek from the corn and I look back, I wasn't fully set up in the in the tree. I had just hung my bow up, hadn't even taken everything out of my pack yet. And I look behind me and there's a doe walking that little highway that if I had walked up there, I'd have blown her out. Mm. Um, and so I turned around, I kind of figured this tree's at 20, that one looks like it's about 30. She's right on the other side of that one. So I let her have it at 30 yards through a little bit of a brush cover and I managed to just get the top of the heart. Mm. Um, she ran about 25 or 30 yards and crashed. I watched her go down. I, what time was it? It was 315. <laughs> 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 it was a We need to get out. It's 205. We need to get out there. <laughs> so, well, Bobby's running a camera tonight. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, I, sh- I shoot another good one. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> so, uh, I end up, I, I climbed down. I was back on the ground at 330. Wow. Um, I watched a, a small fork horn. Uh, came down, was nudging her, tried to get her to wake up. I got some good footage of him as he walked around. And um, I watched him walk out. I climbed down, uh, carried all my stuff back to the car. I mapped that out. It's 4,000 some odd feet. It's <laughs> it's a quarter mile walk Wow. Uh, from where I had to go to get back to the car. So this spot, you know, I don't know that I even mentioned this, but it's very easy to get the landowner's Kubota to. But for some reason, you decided that you want to drag this deer and not wait for me to come help you. So what's what's the deal with this, Bobby? So I get my gear back to the car, and I take only what I need to drag her. And down in that valley, there is zero cell service. Uh, you don't even get a bar of service until you get to the car. So I decide that you're hunting. I want you to get a buck. Um, you have provided me with this experience of a lifetime, so I want to make sure that I'm not interrupting you. Um, so I just I just want to surprise you with it. <laughs> so I grab what I need, I go back down, I field dress her and drag her all the way back to the car with my tether from my saddle, <laughs> using as a drag rope. And I get her all the way back to the car on the cargo rack. I called Trav Shire. And there's like an hour of daylight left at this point. Yeah, there's about an hour of daylight left. <laughs> I got her back on the car well inside of daylight. And um, Travis Williams doesn't even know. Yeah. And I called you and told you about it. I said, hey, man, can you keep the secret? Because he has no idea this happened. <laughs> Um, and I'm not going to tell him until yeah. I want him to see it. Yeah, and you're like, he's, you're like, I already killed a doe, and it's on the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I killed her. I drug her back. Y'all grow great deer. Yes. And my, my, but my reaction, but I killed was, the last two. My, my reaction is like, uh, 
You jugger how far? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he's got a Kubota. <laughs> well, I don't. But I that's don't, cool. I have met him, but I don't yeah. have his phone number. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where no, he that's is. Fine. I'm not going that's to awesome. tell Travis Williams about it. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I wait until and I come back and meet you halfway to see if I can help you carry anything back to the car. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you see anything? You're like, oh, just a little spy, a little four corn or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so like, like Bobby said, that he did. He killed the last one in Ohio. Yeah. yeah so there's you, no more deer. North Carolina people stay there. Um, but <laughs> no, it was. Um, fun. Yeah, I get back to the car and I think I, I called you a jerk or something. Yeah, <laughs> I have it on camera. I said there was like, I was so shocked because we had a bag of corn that we were sitting there that we thought about throwing out. And then I see this deer. I'm like, wait, a, oh, they got. And I turn and he's got the camera on me and all of that. So there you that go. It was a good time. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it was. So we took this morning off. Game plan right now, it is 210, so we probably do need to get rolling here pretty soon. But Trapshire decided to come down, bought a doe tag, and we're headed over to a spot where the farmer, he's been throwing out some corn and apples, and not a single person has hunted it. And it just kind of occurred to me that the wind will be right for this one spot where historically we've seen some decent bucks, but we'll save that story for if it pans out yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, go yeah. from there. But Bobby, um, really glad you came up, man. It's been, it's been it's an incredible. Been phenomenal. Yeah. I'm really happy for you, Bobby. And, uh, for the listeners and for everybody, this isn't normally how deer hunting goes. This is a this is a true blessing, and yeah, uh, it is. But, but but the more what I get out of it, though, if you, if you would have stayed in North Carolina, it never would have happened. So yeah. you got put you put the effort in, and I'm happy it worked out for you. This is the most hunts I have ever strung together mm-hmm. in, in any setting. Yeah, uh, we we've hunted hard these last couple of days, just hours at a time, in grueling cold compared to what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it it panned out. It was worth it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, man. I it's just been cool for me. I I am. Somebody asked me if I'm jealous. I'm not really. I'm like I'm happy. I put you in a spot, and it wasn't necessarily me. It was just trying to play the wind and just look in the rut. Anything can happen, and so you try and get into the best spots that you can. Still play the wind a little bit. You know, I mean. I don't throw that out the window, but take every advantage. but you take every advantage you can. And I mean, it if the wind was blowing the other way and those deer were over there, that doe probably wouldn't have led that buck that way. So just playing the wind. Um, and really the big thing for me, like you said this earlier, it, it wasn't even really about getting a big buck down. It was about us getting to know each other better. Yeah. Come better friends, have a good time, and just enjoy the camaraderie, which we're, we're enjoying now. It's been fabulous. Yeah. So, well, we, we can keep rambling here, but the deer are probably getting ready to fix themselves into our spot, and I don't want to blow them out of there. So, guys, I want to thank you for coming back for another episode. I want to thank Travis Shire for joining us for this episode, Bobby. Thank you for the experiences and just the fun. And uh, Thank you for hosting me. Absolutely. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for allowing me on your podcast. Yeah, man. I, you know, you, you kind of have a <laughs> reputation, of, you know. So. All right. All right, guys. Well, I hope that your season is going well. Stick with it. Be safe. And until next week. Remember to shed shed the light. All right, quick bonus update. Uh, Tonight, me, Bobby, and Trav went to the tree. Uh, The reason we decided on this spot is that the farmer was putting out corn and apples since the beginning of season every three days. And this is near a doe bedding area. And Trav and I, we got to thinking about it like, this could be a really good spot. So we went up over the hill. It was super easy. It wasn't like climbing Mount Amish. And Bobby got it back in a, a tree behind us. And it was kind of, we had a split tree, looked like a sycamore tree, kind of split it up. And Trav was on one branch, I was on the other. And it was just, seemed to be a pretty good spot. We had a good wind. Um, And the game plan was, if a doe came in, Trav was probably going to wait and see what would happen. And, you know, wait for a buck. Well, 
we have more video cameras in the tree than what I think I've ever done before. <laughs> and I told Travis, like, you know, if a doe gives you a slam dunk shot, just take it. I don't know if anything is going to come out here or not. So sure enough, with about, I don't know, maybe an hour of daylight, it seemed like there was a doe that stepped out and came to the upper corn pile, which put her 35, excuse me, 35 yards away, a little too far for his recurve. Um, so we thought, well, let's just wait, see if she comes any lower, see if anything else comes in. And we we're sitting there laughing because she was chewing on apples, looked like she was about choking, twisting her head all around, trying to get the apples down and chuckling. And Bobby's back there getting good footage. And and Trav and I, I mean, we got plenty of good footage of this doe and everything's good. And she's there probably for 20 minutes. In fact, Trav turns to me and says, how much light do we have left? So I pulled out my phone because I got the timetable saved on there. And I was just about to tell Trav and all of a sudden we heard footsteps. Loud running across this valley right in below Bobby. And I, I said, hold on a second. I looked to my right and I see some horns just slowly making their way down this path right toward the opening. We're out on an open field and it's kind of a hill in front of us, but it's an open field. And so I reached for my bow and Travis like, is it a shooter? I don't know. And we look and this, all of a sudden this buck comes to a stop right below this tree, right behind this tree, but I can see the tines without a doubt, a shooter. It would definitely be my biggest buck to date. So I got my bow in my hand and all I need is this buck to take about five steps and it'll be out in the wide open. And I think this is going to work because that doe's still up there. Well, something uh, spooked that doe. And what we think it actually was, was the buck. She looks down at the buck. It seems like we watched the video and all of a sudden she bolts and she's out of there. Uh, doesn't blow, doesn't have her tail up, just leaves. And so we're kind of left in the tree <laughs> wondering what's going on. And all, this buck just kind of, our wind was perfect. I don't think he caught our wind, but just something wasn't right. And I'm just like, please. And by this point, my heartbeat is just, I can almost hear it in my ears. Like it is just, I'm trying to calm myself down because I'm thinking this deer is going to step out but just something wasn't right for him. And so all of a sudden he just does a 180 and does that double step kind of thing where he starts to go away and he stops and he looks back. And I had a little gap maybe where I could have shot in the thick tree, but it just wasn't, I didn't feel good about it, kind of quartering away. And so he trotted out of my life. Um, <laughs> and uh, Bobby wasn't able to see him because he was so focused on not moving. It was closer to Bobby than anybody. Um, and Shire had a backpack blocking his camera from videotaping it. Um, so we don't have any evidence of how big this buck actually was. So I'm just going to go ahead and guess that he was 150. Uh, cause you, uh, it was, I was the only person that saw him real good. So, you know, <laughs> Bobby's over here laughing at me, but that was the excitement for tonight. I needed five steps. You just never know tonight. Uh, one of the apps that we were looking at was saying that it was going to be poor. It wasn't supposed to be good at all, but when you're close to a doe bedding, you throw in the corn strategy on a first sit. You just never know what can happen. So I was super excited to have the opportunity. Thought I'd share that with you guys in closing. And uh, headed up to my in-laws to hunt this weekend. So hopefully I'll have some more stories and another guest next week. Until then, remember to shed the light.